Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... It is said, how many torments may lie in the small circle of a wedding ring? On the other hand, we hear of wedded bliss. Even the book is seemingly ambivalent on the subject. It is better to marry than to burn, and it is not good that man should live alone. What does it prove? The old proverb, if you're out to beat a dog... You can always find a stick. You were always the most stupid man in town, Bobby. Oh, now that's going a bit far. Well, you could never do anything right. Why aren't you being just a bit hard, Woody? No, and it's the truth. You could never even do the simplest thing. Now, Woody, you're losing your temper. You take dying now. Anybody can do that, but not you. Oh, you're being unfair. What's more simple than being dead? Nothing. It takes no ability, no training, no preparation. And yet you can't even do that. You have to come back to life. Our mystery drama, The Ghost of San Juan Hill, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Jack Grimes and Marion Haley. prediction may be made with absolute certainty concerning any war. And that is, not all the boys who go marching off to it will come marching back from it. Some will come limping back, others will be carried back, and then there are those who will never come back at all. And the world shall go on. Getting down to specifics, the world is going on without Trooper Bobby Halstead, who charged up San Juan Hill with Lieutenant Colonel Teddy Roosevelt. But unlike Teddy, he never did reach the top. Well, could you expect a woman like Mariah, in the full flush of her radiant beauty, to remain a widow for the rest of her life? After all, she has cherished Bobby's memory for three long, lonely years... In her fashion. Mariah, my dear, may I have this wall? Really? Oh, you mustn't dance with your bride-to-be the night before the wedding. Uh, well, you you shouldn't even see your bride-to-be the night before the wedding. Oh, is that a fact? I mean, we shouldn't be having this party. I mean, a thing like this, it just isn't done. Oh, you mean it's against the rule. Well... Folks like us don't have to follow the rule. Why don't we? Because the rules are made for average, ordinary, everyday people. Uh-huh. Well, I always thought of myself as just folks. Oh, you were never just folks, Mariah. Even when you married Bobby Halstead, you married beneath your station. Oh, everyone thought I married above my station. Bobby's pa worked for the railroad, and my pa... Oh, now, he had an unfortunate illness. He was the town drunk. 
Well, that's all so far behind you, my darling. I suddenly decide to have this party the night before the wedding. Why, Woody? Why? Because I don't want anybody for miles around to get any sleep tonight. Well, why should anyone miss out on a night's sleep just because you and I are... They'll be too excited to sleep after I make my announcement. What announcement? This announcement. Uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? Please, ladies and gentlemen. My friends, my friends, I have an announcement to make. I have here a telegram. I should like to read it. Uh, quote, shall be delighted to attend wedding and give bride away. Delighted. Signed. Theodore Roosevelt. Yes, yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States. Woody! Oh, it's, it's impossible. Oh, Woody, is it true? My darling Mariah, Bobby died in Teddy Roosevelt's arms on San Juan Hill. He felt like a father to Bobby and therefore to you. And, and he's going to give me away tomorrow? My dearest, see what begins to happen when you decide to marry me. All the strange and wonderful things. Mariah? Yes, I'm awake, Aunt Millie. I know, dear. I heard you. That's why I come in. Well, I can't sleep. Well, it ain't unheard of for a girl to be unable to sleep on the night before her wedding. Well, I slept like a log the night before I married Bobby. Oh, you come a long way since Bobby. Well, Bobby hasn't done too badly either. He's a town hero. Shy, timid Bobby Halstead. Mr. Daniel Chester French has made a statue of him. The new town hall is called the Robert Halstead Auditorium. And the baseball team has been named the Bobby... Oh, it's a pity Bobby ain't here to enjoy it all. Well, how could he be here? If he were here... He wouldn't be a hero, and none of this would have happened. Who uh, would have believed it five years ago? Bobby is a town hero. And you are about to become the richest lady in the county. And just think, it's Woody Preston who's done it for both of you. And Mary, you talk too much. Well, it's true, ain't it? If it wasn't for Woody, Bobby would never have gone off to the war. After all, the Rough Riders were a special outfit. Unless you are one of Teddy Roosevelt's cowboy friends or a college graduate or a rich man's son, you couldn't get into that outfit. Now, those are just rumors. Woody enlisted. He was accepted, but at the last split second, he, he lost his nerve. He did not. He didn't. Well, what, what was it then? Well, the realization came to him that... He was a pacifist at heart. Oh, sure. And that, perhaps it was not really a just war. Mm -hmm. All right, all right, be skeptical. But it is possible to receive a sudden enlightenment. Well, the enlightenment was, like you say, that he could have been killed. Say what you like. But it was a sincere change of heart on Woody's part. Now, oh, let's try to get some sleep. Oh, sure. You'll need all your strength for tomorrow. Now, what was that supposed to mean? Uh, good night, honey. Oh, she thinks she knows everything. Well, she doesn't. Oh, I'm so sleepy. Thank goodness. 
hard, sleepy. Maybe now I can get some sleep. Mariah. Mariah. Where's who? Mariah. Who, who's that? Mariah. Don't you remember? Who? Mariah. Bobby. It's Bobby. But it, it can't be. Mariah. Oh, Bobby. Now, dear, just, just drink this. Oh, I tell you, Aunt Millie, he was nice, warm I, milk. I heard him, plain as I hear you. With a little something in it to give it a joke. It was Bobby. Now, drink it down. All of it down. Ah, that's it. Just as plain as day there was his voice. I heard him say Mariah, the way he used to say it, the same breathy way like he had a cold in his nose. Now, Mariah, which he usually did. I heard him. I heard him. You were dreaming. Uh, 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 I was awake. You couldn't have heard him. He's dead. Oh. Oh, I see. You're saying he's a ghost. Yes. But there ain't no such thing as a ghost. Well, I used to believe that myself. Now, let me tell you what it was. We were talking about Bobby, and you fell asleep, and you dreamed. No, you don't understand. Bobby's ghost was in this room. Now, Mariah, I won't let you talk such foolishness. Well, I'm being punished. Child, what are you saying? Punished for what? Well, read in your Bible about David and Uriah. So what's all that got to do with And David your... did lust after the wife of Uriah. And so he sent Uriah into the thick of the battle. What are you talking about? Woodrow Bennett saw me walking on the street. And he wanted me. <sighs> I won't have a niece of mine using them words. Wanted me. And I <laughs> wanted him. And so we schemed how to get rid of Bobby. Fortunately, the war came along. Oh, listen how I talk about a war. Fortunately, anyhow, we figured if Bobby could go and get killed. Mariah. And so Woody enlisted in the prestigious Rough Riders, and from then on, it was easy to get Bobby to take Woody's place, don't you see? Oh, we killed him. Now, look, no one forced him to go. He could have stayed home. No. We did force him. Poor Bobby, who never did it. Anyone, any harm. Oh, Aunt Millie. <laughs> I'm frightened. Oh, that ain't fright, child. It's remorse. There's only one thing I can do. Call off the wedding. Oh, you can't call off the wedding. President Theodore Roosevelt's coming. No, I'll have to spend the rest of my life trying to make it right with Bobby. I'll, I'll become a nun. Oh, that's doing it rather strict, ain't it? Well... Then I'll spend my life doing good works for the poor, and I'll go to the veterans' hospitals where our brave boys... Oh, Mariah, And listen. after I spend a lifetime atoning for my sin, maybe then... Maybe then Bobby will find it in his heart to forgive me. No, well, honey, I, you just lie here quietly. And don't say another word. Just relax. Relax. <laughs> You tell me it's my imagination, either. No, my darling. But, Mariah, do you believe that we schemed and plotted to get Bobby killed? I do. How can you say that? 
We never even discussed it. Well, did we have to discuss it in words? Oh, Mariah. Well, there's no point in talking about it anymore. But you are accusing us of having planned to kill Bobby so that we could get him out of our way. We are guilty. There isn't a shred of evidence. Look inside your heart. Our guilt is written in letters of fire. Our thoughts and words may have been unspoken, but there were thoughts and words just the same. But I spent $2,000 on the wedding party. Cancel it. How? The food's already been prepared. Well, give it to charity. How can orphans eat pheasant under glass? Oysters Rockefeller. Well, that's not my problem. And what are we going to say to President Roosevelt? You invited him. So you uninvited him. Look, you cannot play fast and loose with the President of the United States. It's against the law. You invite him here to a wedding, there's got to be a wedding. Or what happens... Look at this ridiculous situation, Mariah. You want to call off our wedding because because you imagine you heard the ghost of, of your first husband. I tell you, Woody, I did hear him. And what if you did? What could he do? You're behaving like an ignorant, superstitious, uneducated... Oh, now that's starting to come out. No, I didn't mean to imply that you... Mariah, please snap out of it. Admit what every sane, sober, right-minded individual knows for a fact. There is no such thing as a ghost. Woody. Huh? Woody. What? What was that? Woody. Oh. Woody. Oh, no. It's his ghost. It's Bobby's ghost. friends, every sane, sober, right-minded individual knows for a fact that there's no such thing as a ghost, until, of course, he is confronted with one. Then, uh, what does a sane, sober, and right-minded individual do? What can he do? Well, as you may appreciate, there are a great many alternatives, and we shall explore some of them when I return here with Act Two. given to understand, leave us forever. We, when our time comes, will go to join them. They, on the other hand, can never return to join us. The proposition seems so elementary and basic that one could hardly call it to question. And yet, what has been happening in Mariah Halstead's bedroom? Not only has she heard the voice of her dead husband, Bobby, but her future husband, Woody, has also just heard it. Woody! It is he. It's him. It's Bobby. I told you. I told both of you. Now what do you say, Woody? And you, Aunt Millie? Land sakes alive. Uh, Bobby? Is it, it? Is that really you? It's me, Woody. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, Bobby, forgive us. Forgive me. I mean, forgive Mariah. Oh, sure. Sure I forgive you. That's you, Bobby, standing by the window. Bobby in his, his Spanish War uniform. Bobby. The ghost of Bobby come back home. You, you've been sent back. Yeah, I, I, I guess I was sent back. Oh, and I know why. As a warning to Mariah and me. To remind us that we must repent for our sins. Well, now, Woody, Well, I... we have sinned, Bobby. Yes, Bobby. 
We may lie to ourselves, but we sin. The minute I laid eyes on Mariah, I fell in love with her. And I fell in love with him? But she was married to you. And so he tricked you into joining the Rough Riders. You've got to forgive us, Bobby. Oh, Bobby, we'll spend the rest of our lives in repentance and, and prayer. We'll never look at each other again. That's punishment, isn't it, Bobby? That's punishment enough, oh, Bobby. You were such a good man, such a great heart. So kind, so decent. So... Gentle. Well, ain't you going to say nothing, Aunt Millie? Well, if I keep thinking, something will come to me. Bobby, how long will you continue to haunt us? I ain't going to haunt you at all. You mean you're going back? Uh, oh, no, no, no. I, I, I can't go back. It's too hot. Hot? You mean you were sent to the other place? What other place? I'm talking about Cuba. Cuba? I ain't about to go back there. Cuba? Is that where people go these days, after they die? Well, don't ask me where folks go after they die. All I know is well, I... Bobby, darling, you of all people should know where folks go after they die. Why should I? Well, because... Because you're dead. Who, who's dead? You are. Who says I'm dead? Everybody, Bobby. The War Department. Teddy Roosevelt. Well, you died on San Juan Hill. No, I didn't. But I... Bobby Holstead, now stop this foolishness and look me in the eye. Yes, ma'am, Aunt Millie. You mean you ain't a ghost? No, ma'am, I ain't a ghost. That is impossible. Why is everybody so ready to believe I'm a ghost and so unwilling to believe I'm alive? Because. Can you touch a ghost? Mm. Can, can you feel a ghost? Well, well, come on, touch me. Feel me. Oh. Come on. No, no, don't come near me. Now, you come over here, Bobby Holstead. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> well, I'll be. Yeah. It's true. Bobby, you, you are alive. That's what I've been trying to tell everyone. Alive? Bobby, you can't be alive. You've got no right to be alive. Why, Bobby? I mean, you you just can't. I mean, what business have you got being alive? Yeah, well, Couldn't I... Couldn't you ever do anything right in your life, Bobby? Couldn't you even get killed properly? Woody. I mean, most people who die do it right. They stay dead. But Woody's naturally upset, Aunt Millie. I mean, we all are. But when you get yourself killed, you have to come back. Yeah, but I haven't come back from, from any... Well, what do you call this? You're as substantial as I am. That's because I've never been gone. I've never been dead this start with. And the Army, and Washington, D.C., and the President, all of them are wrong? They ain't wrong, exactly. They, they, they just made a mistake. Oh, you see, the way I got it figured, they must have got me mixed up with someone else. Who? Billy Homestead. Your Homestead does sound something like Homestead, don't it? And me and Billy, well, we were great pals, and we were both short and red-haired, and we did look a little bit alike. Billy Homestead? Well, who yeah, I'm is coming, this... I'm, I'm coming to, I'm coming to. Yeah. Now, you know I couldn't hit the side of a barn with a with, with carbine or with a Craig Jorgensen rifle, and Billy, he was worse. So to keep us from killing everyone in the outfit, they made us messengers. And we were attached to Colonel Roosevelt's headquarters. And when he wanted something done, he'd say... Trooper Homestead, my compliments. General Shaster tell him I need 100,000 rounds of ammunition. Or, uh, Trooper Homestead, my compliments to Colonel Wood and, uh, well, so forth. You, uh, did, uh, follow this? It really isn't complicated. 
Well, Colonel Teddy never could keep the two of us straight. He'd call me Homestead, and he'd call Billy Halstead more often than not. All right, all right, but how well, did now, you well, hold get on. to... You have to understand all this, because if you don't, you'll never understand how the rest of it could have happened. All right, we understand. Uh, it was the morning of July 1st, 1898. Three years ago, the morning of the Battle of San Juan Hill. Honestly, Bobby, you can wear a body patience. Get to it. Well, we were drawn up along the bottom of the hill. It was such a beautiful morning. The sky was a deep, deep blue, and the, the sun was like gold. And the whole place was alive with nature. The birds singing, the crickets chirping, and suddenly... There was a shot from the top of the hill, and then another, and then still another, and before we knew it, there was firing by volley. And the next thing I knew, Colonel Teddy was waving at me to come to him. Uh, keep your head down, Super Homestead. I'm Homestead, sir. That's what I said, Homestead. Now, son, we are going to take this hill. Uh, yes, sir? By assault. B- by assault, sir? We'll take her by storm. Yeah, but the firing down on us pretty hot and heavy. We're not called the Rough Riders for nothing, Homestead. I'm Halstead, sir. That's what I said. Yeah, but, but we don't have our horses. They're still on the ship. We'll just charge up this hill on our own two feet. Well, there's an awful lot of fire pouring down from the top of this hill, sir. Oh, my boy, I've been watching you for a long time. I like your courage. I want you by my side when we make the assault. Uh, uh, me, me, sir? Yes, my boy. I want you to be my flag bearer. Yeah, but, 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 but I... Now the flag's back at the headquarters, Sir Homestead. Hey, sir, my name I is... I want you to run back there just as fast as your legs can carry you. And get that flag. And up the hill we go. I ran back to the headquarters tent and picked up the flag and started back toward the hill. Old Glory was waving in the breeze. I... I felt awful proud and, and patriotic holding it. And then as I approached the hill and, and, and heard the firing, I, I, I suddenly become frozen stiff with fear. It, it was bad enough running up that hill with just that Craig Jorgensen rifle in your hand, but with the flag, I, I'd be a target to every sharpshooter in that Spanish line. I'd be killed, and I didn't want to die. No, I, I, I didn't want to die, and therefore I, I knew I just couldn't go back there, back to Colonel Teddy's side, and, and move up that hill with him. But he had given me an order. I had to obey. What was I going to do? If I charged up the hill, I'd be killed. If I didn't, I could be shot for disobeying. And one way or another, I was sure to be dead. And so I stood rooted to the spot, and then he'd come running by me, and I was safe. Billy Olmstead. Why, Bobby. Bobby Halstead, what are you doing there? Oh, I got the regiment flag, and I'm returning to duty. We're taking San Juan Hill today, and I'm to be the flag bearer. You? Who said you was to be the flag bearer? Well, I'm the one who got the flag, ain't I? Who told you to get the flag? Colonel Teddy. Colonel Teddy told you to get the flag? Well, he... Yeah, well, never mind. Well, never mind what? Well, the truth is he... No, no, it, it, it ain't important. But what ain't important? What counts is I got the flag, and I'm the flag bearer. Oh, I don't know. There's something fishy here, Bobby. Ron, I'm doing this for your own good, Billy. What good? Oh, it's, it's, it's a dangerous job. A man's sure to get killed. Now, what are you keeping from me? Well, Colonel Teddy told me to get the flag, but he thought he was telling you. Oh, then he wants me as flag bearer. But it's too dangerous. I ain't going to let you risk it. Bobby... 
Hand over old glory. Oh. All right. Here she is. Oh, you're a pal, Bobby, a real pal. I know being flag bearer would mean a lot to you. Well, maybe next battle. Oh, you didn't have to tell me why you could have hogged the whole honor for yourself. Well, I guess our friendship means more to me than any chance for honor and glory. I'll never forget you for being so true-hearted and generous, Bobby. He took old glory, and he run it back to where Colonel Teddy was waiting to start the charge. And then I, I could hear the bugle. And with Colonel Teddy leading the way and Bobby Homestead beside him holding the flag, the Rough Riders just stormed up that hill into the teeth of the shot in the shell. It, it, it was a heart-stirring sight, especially for a fellow that was safely out of range because I wasn't going up there. Wild horses couldn't have dragged me up there. Then I saw the flag fall down. Billy. Billy. And I, I felt a dull, heavy blow against the back of my head. And for a long time, it, it seemed like I, I didn't know nothing at all. And then I opened my eyes, and I was lying on a bed in a little room. Frills nor fancies. 
and where General Sherman's one-word description of war, namely that it's hell, takes on more and more reality. However, at least for the present, Bobby Halstead seems to be in good hands. So let us all relax for a few moments until I return with Act Three. Spanish-American War was only a little war, as wars go. But it has already disrupted the affairs of all the characters in our story. To continue the confusion... But what's to become of me? Oh, well, senor, in time you may recover your memory. Time? How much time? A few days, several weeks, if not four or five months, perhaps. A year or two, if not more. And meanwhile, I'll probably be listed as a deserter. That is possible. Unfortunate, but possible. Oh, great. Oh, this, this is great. And then when I remember who I am, I'll report to the United States Army and be court-martialed, maybe even shot. Oh, perhaps not. What do you mean, perhaps not? You, you think they'll believe I lost my memory? They'll say, no, you did it to get out of fighting. On the other hand, when and if you recover your memory, it may turn out that you are not a soldier at all. Perhaps you are a smuggler or an escaped American criminal. Oh, that's fine. Oh, oh, oh yes, that, that's just dandy. But, but, but what am I going to do? Do? Why, senor, do nothing. It is quite pleasant here, and I and my niece Anita shall do everything in our power to see that you are comfortable. And that's what you did, Bobby? You stayed in the house with that girl? Well, what else was I to do? But you were a married man. Her uncle was there. He was a chaperone. Well, I suppose she was beautiful. Oh, yes, yes, uh, she was. She truly was. And uh, what happened was she uh, fell in love with me. Bobby Horster. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to tell you the truth. I, I, I was forced to stay there. I, I had to be in hiding till I could find out who I was. And so, well... Well, what? One thing led to another. Is that so? Cuba is a very romantic country. I, I, I mean, three years had gone by. Three years. I was sick a long time. I mean, I'd, I'd been hit in the head, you see. Well, one night, Tio Zalakane says to me, Yankee, they called me Yankee. Yankee, we must give a thought to your future. Well, that's what I've been doing all this time, Tio Zalikin, just sitting and sweating about it. Well, suppose you never find out who you are. I've got to, Tio. And yet so much time has passed. Who can guarantee the future? Oh, nobody, I guess. Ah, but you are wrong. I can. Huh? You see, when I saw you lying there on the field of battle, I said to myself, 
there is a fine young fellow. Did I not say that, Anita? Oh, yes, Tio. You did say that. And I further said, if this one lives, he will make a good husband for my niece, Anita. Uh, you remember, Anita, I said that. Well, yeah, but, but I, 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 I don't know if, if I... If you love Anita, who says you have to love her? Could you find anyone prettier than Anita? Yeah, but, but, but it's of no use when Anita wants something. I, I, I appreciate her affection and all. When Anita saw you lying on the battlefield, she said to me, Tio, I want that one. You know, Senor Tio, something bothers me. You told me that after a battle, all kinds of thieves rush onto the field to strip the bodies. I believe I said that, yes. What were you doing on that battlefield? I? I was stripping the bodies. You, 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 you were? Of course. And Anita was helping me. Then you took my clothes and, and my equipment and, and sold them. Of course. How can you just stand there and say, of course? One must make a living. We are thieves. Our forefathers before us were thieves. It is the only trade we know. My paybook. You saw my paybook. Oh, yes. Couldn't you have saved it for me? Oh, but Yankee, a USA paybook is worth a fortune. Well, couldn't you have at least read my name so, so I know who I am? I am so sorry. I do not even read Spanish. How can I be expected to read English? Is that not a fact, Anita? Yes, it is so. Shrapnel. Why was I so sure I was hit by shrapnel? After all, I know I could have just been standing there and you came sneaking up behind me with a club. Oh, young, you trust nobody. But marriage will make a new man of you. Besides, you have no choice. How will I make a living? How will I support my wife? <laughs> Enough of these excuses. You will never remember who you are in reality. And who you are right now pleases Anita. So... You and I will enjoy ourselves here at the old homestead while Anita steals something for our supper. Wait. What? What? What is it? That word. What word did you just say? Supper? No, no. Steal? No, 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 no. We'll enjoy ourselves at the old homestead. Yes, yes, I said that. Homestead, that's my name. Huh? Your name is Homestead? No, my name is Halstead, Bobby Halstead. Colonel Teddy called me Homestead, and he called Homestead Halstead. And that's who I am, a rough rider, and I'm married to Mariah, and I'm going home. And here I am. Now, you know what happened. Teddy must have seen poor Billy Homestead get killed, and... He thought it was me. And you are the hero after all. It was Billy Homestead. It was Homestead. No, 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 no. Just a moment, Mariah, my dear. We must never make hasty judgments. Uh, <clears throat> Bobby, what are your plans? Well, my plans are to come back to my wife and my life here. Uh, that may be somewhat awkward. You see, Mariah and I have made other plans. 
I appreciate we may all have some problems, but I, I ain't dead. But you are dead, Bobby. You're a but... dead hero. What happens if it develops that you were a live coward? I'm not sure I care about that, Woody. What's going to happen to that statue of you holding the flag, the one in front of the town hall? And what about that new auditorium? Robert Halstead Hall. And the baseball team. You simply can't let everyone down. But I can't help it if I'm alive and I didn't ask folks to make a hero out of me. But they went ahead and did, Bobby. You are a hero. And a hero has responsibilities. What responsibilities do I have? Well, right now, your only responsibility is to be dead. Oh, you should see that statue, Bobby. It's enough to make a tear come out of your eye. You look so noble. It's such an inspiration, especially to the kids. Think of the kids. Your problem is you're too self-centered, Bobby. And the baseball team, Bobby. I mean... They were never worth shocked. But since they started wearing your name lettered across their chest... Well, it's that like is... that heroism has just been rubbed off. They're champs, Bobby. League champs. Well, yeah, but what do you want I should do? You'll just have to stay dead. So you and Mariah could get married. Oh, Bobby, darling. Are we asking this for ourselves? It's for you. For your name, for your reputation. Yes, this thing is bigger than all of us. That's why you'll have to stay dead. I ain't doing nothing of the kind. Mariah. Woody, what are you doing in here? We, we have to talk. He refuses to listen to reason. Well, he's got his side of it, too. Now, Mariah, if you're going to go and consider everybody's side, we'll never get anything resolved. Well, what do we do? Well, I was thinking, Bobby is officially dead. And so, just for example, if he were to die tonight, for instance, I mean, uh, no one would know to miss him. If Bobby would die? <laughs> well, if he were to have an accident? Like what? Like he could be cleaning a gun. Are you saying we should murder Bobby? You can't murder a dead man. Bobby. What? Oh. Oh, it's you, Aunt Millie. You decided what you want to do. I don't know why I have to decide. Well, I'm just thinking of you, Bobby. What's there to think about? Bobby, you realize what life in this town is going to be like. Well, like it always was. Oh, no. <laughs> You're being worshipped now, Bobby. <laughs> so that's great. Yes, but you must understand. The higher folks raise you up, the lower they cast you down. And when they discover you ain't a hero after all, that you didn't die carrying the flag up San Juan Hill, well, they're going to feel they've been had. Wait, but, but, but I wasn't the, the one oh, who... sure not. They've done it to themselves, which means they'll be madder than ever. How mad? Very mad. Lynching mad? Well, it might stop just short 
have to settle this. Oh, not till everybody's had breakfast. Aunt Millie, President Roosevelt's going to get here any minute. Bobby, don't you see how many people you'll be putting out if you spoil the wedding? Yeah, but what happens to me? Well, you can go back to Cuba. To your lady friend, Anita. That wasn't my fault. Well, likely story. Well, look at yourself. You were fixing to get married. Well, that's different. Now, listen, listen. Do you hear that noise? It's the president. He's coming up the street. Now, Bobby, Bobby, please be sensible. You cannot, you, you can't come to life. You must do this for your country. If you come back to life, then every hero will be suspect. Think of the children, the school children. But what happens to me? How am I supposed to live? Anybody think of me? It's like the morning at San Juan Hill all over again. If I carried the flag, I'd be killed as a hero. If, if I refused, I'd be hung as a deserter. The same thing now. If I say, here I am, Bobby Halstead, the town folks will get mad enough to lynch me. If I don't, I'll, I'll starve to death. And there's the beautiful bride, widow of the great hero, Bobby Halstead. And all his last words with you, my dear, as he died, he whispered, tell her I loved her. <laughs> Say, what's this? Who's this? It's, it's Homestead. Trooper Billy Homestead. Ah, uh, dear, but, but sir, I'm, 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 I know I'm, who you are, Trooper yeah. Homestead. Why, they said you'd fallen to San Juan Hill, too. Oh, you're a sight for sore eyes, Trooper Homestead. Yeah, Mr. President. No, I... Mr. President, but Colonel Teddy. I remember the talks we had late at night, Trooper Billy. How you said, if we both lived through the war, you'd like to drive my carriage. Colonel, I must confess. Oh, this is one of the happiest days of my life. I... I'm giving away Bobby's widow and giving a job to Trooper Billy. <laughs> and you're going to take the job, aren't you? Uh, sir, I... That is an order, Trooper Billy. Oh, yes, Trooper Billy, I am Miss Trooper Bobby. Oh, how I used to get you two fellas mixed up. Uh, that is, I let you think I did, because it amused you. But I knew who was who all the time. Uh, you, 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 you did, sir? Well... Most of the time, Trooper Billy Holmes said, most of the time. Now, it's time the wedding party was heading for the church. Unless, Mr. President, you'd like a cup of coffee first. Why, Mom, I'd be delighted. Delighted. <laughs> goes to prove that a little bit of mistaken identity here and there can sometimes be a very beneficial thing. And everything was, you must admit, settled to everyone's satisfaction. Bobby retained his own reputation as a dead hero and lived a satisfactory life at the same time. I shall have some more satisfactions for you in just a few moments. alive coward or a dead hero? The problem has been debated pro and con for centuries, and the answer still eludes us. Perhaps there is no answer. It could very well be that these are choices that each man makes according to the dictates of his innermost nature. 
However, you must admit, we have added something new to this age-old controversy of live coward versus dead hero. We have presented you with a character who was able to be both and at the same time. Our cast included Jack Grimes, Marion Haley, William Redfield, Bryna Rayburn, and Ian Martin. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.